Hey, Regan, welcome. Um, you know why we, we ask the question, whose first time is it in the room to be here? It's because we understand that you're either here because you know you need to be here, or you're wise enough to listen to someone in your life who encouraged you to be here. And we know, we just want to honor that and say thank you guys for coming. I'm a little nervous. Just need a few seconds. <laughs> Let's go, brother! <laughs> Good evening, Regent. My name is Samuel Herring, and I have a new life in Christ. And I am in recovery from suicidal ideation, sexual immorality, and isolation. Hey. I remember walking through those back doors my first night. Almost two years ago in 2021, uh, thinking I was attending the porch, Watermark's young adult service. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised to enter a room full of others on their journey to recovery in Christ. I was new to Dallas after leaving Virginia quite abruptly with the opportunity to work remote. And prior to coming to Dallas, I had just finished traveling eight months into a two-year trek around the globe, which was cut short by covid Thankfully, God's plans were different than mine. Even while traveling, I was in a deep depression, running in many ways in attempts to escape pain in my life and fix my own internal issues. On the inside, I was a very miserable person with no self-control regarding my sexual urges, my finances, and I did pretty much what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. I was my own God. Growing up as a pastor's kid, I learned to pretend my life was put together, never needing to confess sin, believing my sin against God wasn't that bad, especially compared to others. I learned to judge people who struggled publicly with the many vices of this world. I learned to stay away from the cardinal sins of cultural Christianity I had learned growing up in the church, sexual, uh, sex outside of marriage, drugs, and alcohol. At its best, this was a distorted view of self, God, and others. However, regardless of how I saw my own sin, I could never avoid the consequences and the death that it brought. From sixth grade to the beginning of 2021, I battled an on-and-off addiction to pornography. While owning and operating a small business in Virginia with no accountability, I cheated on my taxes, and I sought the welfare and financial benefit for myself for almost 10 years. I kept dear friends and family at an arm's length while living these private and secretive lies while not letting others into the picture. After graduating college in 2018, I knew something needed to change. I had just taken an engagement trip with my girlfriend at the time, which ended up not working out. And prior to the trip, I did not listen to the concerned friends of those who cared enough about me to voice their counsel in a considerate way. Once the relationship ended, I spent the next four months in isolation. I just remember not getting out of bed, besides working, uh, not seeing anything past my crush plans for marriage. Thankfully, God's plans were not my plans. However, again, I rejected the community around me and did not turn toward them or God. My isolated spiraling led me to seek out prostitutes during this time.
I also began averaging 80-hour work weeks. I also began averaging 80-hour work weeks, utilizing escapism. Neither my sexual exploration or escapism through work filled my absence of God or of God or biblical community in my life. Each time I tried to solve my own problems in isolation with my sin patterns, any hope of real connection, intimacy, understanding of love, or healthy relationships seemed to be farther and farther away. This two-year cycle post-college was coming to an end as I lost hope in myself, others, business, friends, and especially God. My mind was consumed by one thought as I felt incapable of distinguishing pain from pleasure. As illogical and emotionless as I was, suicide seemed like the obvious, most beneficial answer for my present and future. By that point, I had spent the better part of two plus years not struggling well, and there didn't seem to be an end to life's disappointments. As I mentioned before, after COVID had shut down most of the international transit, I sought the opportunity to work remotely and came to Dallas after receiving an offer. I had a friend living here in North Richland Hills who let me stay on her couch until I found a place on my own. She was attending Watermark at the time, and she reintroduced me to Watermark after being familiar through the Porch Podcast, podcast, which I listened to during college. The first night I walked into those doors on a Monday night, I heard a recovery story about suicide. And after two plus years, living a life those closest to me knew nothing about, I shared about the decisions I had made, which I swore I would never share with anyone. For the first time in a long time, I felt freedom and acceptance from a total group of strangers who would soon be my... (laughs) They're all right there. (laughs) Um, I felt freedom and acceptance from a total group of strangers who would soon be in my support group for the following 10 months. Uh, my group prayed for me that night and, I, and reminded me of James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sin to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you open up the book to step one and three, you'll find Titus three on the first page. At one time, we were, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. What God did in recovery, I could never have done on my own. He used the leaders and peers in region to guide me to his scripture, surround me with community, and provide me with a support system 24 hours at a time. 
that value transparency, patience, consistency, and understanding on this journey toward recovery in Christ. Before coming to regeneration, I believe my lot in life was secrecy, a double life with no hope of being truly known and living enslaved by the desires of my flesh. I feared never having close relationships or any joy in life. And all I could see were the mistakes I had made and lonesome struggles I wrestled with daily. That's exactly what Satan wants for each of us, to be proficient in the works of the flesh. That leads to death. Believing we are without hope and that we are alone, far from freedom in Christ and far from intimacy with our creator. In Galatians 5, you'll read about the war inside each of us between our carnal carnal flesh and the spirit of God. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. This verse was one of the many scriptures that guided me toward recovery. Step one states, as Dave mentioned earlier, we admit we're powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns. That in our own powers, that in our own power, our lives are unmanageable. Our flesh is so weak. And as Paul wrote to younger Timothy, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. This is our hope as we grow in the likeness and character of God by his grace. Since completing regeneration, I am quick to practice James 5.16. At times, I still battle with self-righteousness, judgment of others, and lust. Before, I could not imagine a life where I did not beeline towards sin and secrecy. Instead, I now confess my sin to my community and I'm working on sharing. And I am currently working on sharing when I am tempted to sin before it gives birth to death. I consider my previous and present battle with the flesh an opportunity to be known and prayed for by my community. I see the fruit of God in my life and my willingness to struggle well with my committed community, not living in isolation, and seeking counsel and wisdom for day-to-day living. God has since provided me, my amazing wife, Angelica, who's with me. On the front row, she has continued to encourage me toward purity, community, God's word, and wise counsel. If I could share just one thing with each of you tonight, I'd encourage you to take God's word to heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 states, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. My name is Samuel Herring. I have a new life in Christ. And I'm recovering from suicidal ideation, sexual immorality, and isolation.
And to God be all the glory. Thank you.